Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, all right. I'm excited for this show tonight. Um, I have Shane McCurry in studio from Water Springs, Idaho Falls. That's actually on the east side of Idaho. I'm right across from Boise, about three and a half hours. Um, when I was driving out there a few weeks ago, I took my map quest and I was coming out to actually see you guys. And uh, I was speaking at, I was done a, like we were doing a conference meeting and then I spoke at your church and we did the high school, your high school as well. And I was taking the, uh, the map out there. And what a lot of people don't know, if you're like from California, like me, is that on the other side, there's a lot of snow there throughout the year. So in Boise, there's not a lot of snow. So I'm driving and I put the map and it said for a faster route, it rerouted me through the mountains. (laughs) Yeah. The scenic view. (laughs) Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm on this like sunshine road, no snow. It's perfect going along the river. And all of a sudden I take this faster route and I start climbing through the mountains. And then it starts getting darker and then there's snow and then it's really dark and then the visibility <laughs> and then there's like ice and snow in the room and I'm kind of sliding out. And I'm like, hold on a second. I don't think I'm going to survive if I go up there. It looks like the storm's getting worse. So the map totally messed me up. I don't know if that's ever happened with you, Shane. It always happens with me. But it, it rerouted me into like the storm, the eye of the storm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's relentless with the, with the, the, yeah. the view when yeah. you feel like you're in hyperspace, like in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. With the snow just coming in. Yes. So that's hilarious. On my way down here, I love that route in the summertime. Mm-hmm. It wanted me to take that route. Yeah. And I didn't want to risk it. Yeah. Because I had to wake up early to get here, right? So yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm just taking that interstate. The well, boring old interstate. Well, I had to be at the meeting by, I think it was like at 3 o'clock or something. <laughs> and I was, because there was traffic and different things that were going on in storms or whatever. But I had perfect time to get there and then when i got rerouted for whatever reason i don't know like i had to, i started climbing through the mountains and i had to turn back around and come back to the main interstate and i made it within like 10 minutes of the meeting <laughs> you, started you rolled up right as we parked it yeah was hilarious. i cannot believe it. i was like god come on i'm driving <laughs> all the way across the state let me get to the stinking meeting on time and and god was faithful and i got there it was that was a good meeting too it was it was so and well anyway um you know that's you guys do an annual um men's conference every year it's called resolve men's conference yeah, um yeah. this year you had uh uh, my dad out, myself, Tony Clark, and who's the other guy? Clifton Jansky. He's a what is he? Is he he's a, a country singer. Okay, that's so what country, I was say. country music's kind of popular. It's kind of a big thing out here. You know, not for you and I, but for other people. But you know. dude, in California, it's a big thing too. They got <laughs> they it? got the stagecoach. So the people that produce um, Coachella produce yeah. the stagecoach. Really? So it's a huge country thing. So all the Californians put their country gear on and they go out and party. That's cool, man. Yeah. So I, a, I'm not gonna lie. I'm an Eric Church fan. I went and saw Eric Church, and he was pretty cool. Is he a country guy? Yeah. Yeah, see, the closest I get to country, I don't even know if you call him country, would be Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is pure that, country. That, that's, that's, that's as hardcore. close as I get. I, lo- I love Johnny Cash. And he reads the Bible, too. Have you ever yeah. seen that? Yeah. With the whole Bible? Yeah. I told one of my friends the other day, he's like, John, he's like he's he loved Johnny Cash. And he goes, yeah, he's a Christian. He was a Christian before he passed away, yeah. and he read through the Bible. And you can listen to the whole Bible with Johnny Cash. How amazing is that? I think that's amazing. Have you ever heard The Man? I love when the man comes yes, around. I yes, love that song, man, yes. about revelation and all mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yep, that's the thing, the song that got me sucked in. So, all right, well, hey, let's get into the nitty-gritty. So, 
You know, on this show, I love having uh, different interviews with people. Sometimes I'll have like a missionary yeah. in town tell me about some crazy African story where they have to like start fires to burn out all the fire ants. They get them to escape their hut so they can go to sleep and they got to go fetch water miles away. Like this is the way they live. This is a true story. I was like, that is a hardcore call. Yeah. Or I could have a musician that's just out uh, living for Christ, playing music in the world and just uh, using his music to, you know, to, to speak to people. Or it could be... You know, uh, someone that works in a church or we could do questions and answers. I mean, anything goes on this show. But today I wanted to bring you in because we became friends about, I don't know, two to three years ago. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. We did ministry out in Idaho Falls at the skate park. Um, I've been able to speak at your guys' church and just a cool, cool uh, friendship has, has started. But I think it's always awesome to have people tell their stories of how they found God because there's so many stinking pathways. Oh. To find God. I mean, I had Tucker, the Calvary Chapel pastor from Boise. His story was insane. I cannot believe he didn't give his life to God sooner than as late as he did. But then I look at my testimony and I'm like, I was just as dense as him and and didn't pay attention to the signals, you know? He was cool. But you, you have a different story, yeah. um, which is which is interesting, which I want to dive into. And I think yours is actually very relatable yeah. to a lot of people just from that little nugget you told me before the show about your father. So let's get into this. So you what, you, did, you grew up in Idaho, right? No, I was born in California, SoCal. Oh, shoot. I'm that? a SoCal boy, man. Oh my, I knew it. I knew there was something about you. Um, <laughs> I was born in Loma Linda okay. and grew up in Chino and Chino Hills. For the yep. first little part of my life. Yeah. Uh, we would move. I still have a bunch of family down there, too, yeah. to this day. Um, we would move up north to Auburn, California. Mm-hmm. Super beautiful. Have a, have That's a like look. central or is that north? north yeah. yeah, north central, kind, okay. of, kind of up there. Um, it's near Sacramento yep. and Roseville. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome times in my life. I, I have a lot of fond memories there. Um, and then we moved when I was about 10 years old to Idaho and I was like, what, what, is, year was what is Idaho? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even remember the, the year. Yeah. It was probably like 2002, 2003, somewhere God. around there maybe. So that, that place where you moved now, you're that, was that straight to Idaho Falls? Yeah. We went straight to Idaho Falls. So what did that look like when you arrived? Because they've been developing, <laughs> but I mean, was there, it, it was a, just a small city, a small city, city small mm-hmm. suburb, um, didn't have any culture whatsoever uh, compared to what I have been. Right, um, from California. You must have been kind of yeah, freaking out. Yeah, so um, at first it was pretty cool. You know, we were joking around about the snow before yeah. before the show and all yeah. that. And I had never seen snow before in my life. Right. So the first winter we get here and the snow is awesome. Year two, I'm like, all right, it's all right. And then year three, I'm like, this sucks, man. Like, <laughs> I went out. Well, because the snow stays for like seven, seven months. Eight, yeah, seven months in in snow. And it's talking it's talking like you're talking like high amounts of snow. And it's like I can't go snowboarding every day, you know? I got school and all that. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah, exactly. So you okay, so you grew up were you a Christian when you were when you were here or how'd that whole like faith start for you so i've always been around christianity my grandma my family not all of them but most of them have have either a catholic or a religious background right um a lot of them have a calvary chapel background Mm -hmm. my grandma my mom uh, my aunts my uncles but 
grow my mom got into um an inappropriate relationship with my dad in high school mm-hmm. and that's actually what brought her to the lord so mm-hmm. so she she had me before they were married okay and yep. that caused her to go you know what i need to get serious with the lord right uh so god used that and turned it for good yep. praise the lord yep and so she gave birth to me and then a couple of years later they got uh my my mom and my dad would get married and growing up, I would I wouldn't say that we were like churchies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom was a regular attender, yeah. but it wasn't like ride or die. You know, right, yeah, yeah. it was like, hey, some Sundays we go, some Sundays we don't. Uh, my mom loved the Lord. Uh, she has always loved the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, as as far as I can remember. My dad um, claimed to love the Lord. He's had he's he's you know he's told me stories about youth ministry and. Uh, camps and stuff like that grow, growing up and um, but but in that season of life you know and and before I before I even begin like I love my dad I, I want to make yeah. that like yeah. 100% clear and I want to honor him and all that stuff but there was some rough seasons yeah. right and so and there always are I mean you know as a, as yeah. a father and, and and growing up with with kids and and trying to uh, you know, work for the family. There's, yeah. there's a lot of different moving parts. And guys, you know, frankly, guys are just tougher, rougher, yeah, kind of guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, and especially my dad. He grew up in. He had he had some rough rough stuff go on in his life. Yep. And so he he claimed to be Christian, but he never really followed it. Mm-hmm. He 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 never really lived it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, still to this day, I don't know mm-hmm. if my dad has a personal relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ. He totally knows about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He knows the Bible. He knows that uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But uh, he's he's on his own path, right? And you know what? Thank God that God is the judge, and God will search all hearts, and he knows all things. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. So. But growing up, man, uh, it was rough. He's an, he was an angry guy. Mm-hmm. He was a... He's a very angry guy as he was working through some stuff. Um, he partied a lot, got drunk a lot, um, and all that stuff. And so for most of my life, I don't really have, especially like my early childhood yeah. years, I don't really have a lot of, of great memories. Right. You know, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, um, a lot of absence. And so from a very early age... I learned um, isolation mm-hmm. and solitude, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of me time, you know, hanging out in my room and, and doing stuff. So so now you're in high school here, say, in, in Idaho yeah, Falls. Yeah. And you're kind of growing up with this, with this life, you know, with these, this surrounding. What was it um, when God started kind of, you know, maybe God started to reveal himself to you or was, or were you going to church? Were there any people that would encourage you? Like, you know, God always places people and things around your life to kind of get you on the path to him, whether we choose that path or not. Uh, What were some things that were happening during this time? Cause you're, you're the home life was rough, right? Your mom was a Christian. Your dad was trying to work out his faith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just going through a bumpy spot, but how did God start placing people or doing stuff in your life to kind of, Get, get your attention, if you will. So my grandma and my mom always, always were encouraging me to, to follow God, mm-hmm. to follow Jesus, right? And at Sunday school, went to Sunday school, did all that stuff growing up, um, would be 
kind of dragged to youth group by my parents. Everyone was dragged know. to youth group. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I just never understood it. Yeah. I never understood it. I never got how this applies to me. I, I probably heard so many different teachers preach Jesus and and all that. And I just, I didn't understand it. And I think that's mainly because of what I would go home to. You know, there okay. was so much other stuff going on in right. my life. Right that I just couldn't grasp it, dude. So I have a question about that. So the people that you were going to see, these these, you know, youth group leaders or pastors or whoever, were they given a clear message of, of like connecting the dots or were you going and hearing stuff that it just wasn't connecting? Or was it just your life at home? Maybe all of it. Yeah. You know, I I probably heard the gospel and heard people say, you know, Jesus died for your sins thousands of times, dude. Yeah. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? What does that mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Who cares? You right. Know? How does that apply to my life? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> how, does, how does that help me? Because my freaking life sucks. And the reason, the reason why I asked you that, and that's a good, that's a good question, is because um, I feel like when pastors and youth pastors and different people relay the gospel message, they're saying stuff thinking that the people they're talking Know yeah. what that means. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Like when I was at your church recently, I was talking, you know, I did that study on uh, Stay Alert. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, we've said this many times. You probably heard it. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I was talking to one of our old skateboarders, yeah. old skateboarders. And he's like, oh, this is a Jesus piece. He's wearing Jesus on a cross, iced out around his neck. But he has no idea what G- who Jesus is and what he did on the cross. Yeah. He doesn't even know what that even means. But yet he was wearing it. So people, the culture doesn't know these things. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're explaining these things so you understand what that means and how that applies to your life, but instead you're not getting the dots connected. Right. Just like my wife grew up Catholic. It wasn't getting the dots connected either, so she didn't really understand everything. Right. But then you're going home to a mess. So what what how did God break through, I guess? Well, he didn't yet. Got it. That's that's the my life my early life is miserable. I, I developed depression at a very young age because I was always shoved in my room during fights. Right. Would hear dishes thrown at the wall and all right. that stuff. Right. So a very um, violent, um, violent, crazy. angry home. I saw a lot of, a lot of messed up stuff. Uh, my dad never laid hands on me, but he would verbally abuse me, yeah. man. Like yeah. it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he was, you know, he was on, um, narcotics because of some back problems and he would eventually get addicted to that yep, and, and all of this, right? And so eventually that leads to a divorce later on in life. Got it. But around 12, like that middle school year, um, you know, things are starting to get to a boiling point and I finally, I finally muster up the courage to say to my parents, like they're, they're, specifically my mom and my family is very Republican. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, God bless everybody, but Mm -hmm. I cannot stand Mm -hmm. people who are extreme, like the Republican Christianity Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. that forced me away. It made Mm -hmm. me angry. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have a white picket fence. You got to go to college. This is what Jesus wants for your life. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And now fast forward, I'm reading the Bible now and I'm like, Jesus doesn't say any of that. Like the the American dream isn't Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And so I'm I'm yeah. pushed into this rut in life yeah. that I don't want to be at. And I, I'm a skater. I'm a musician. I'm a punk. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 
I'm exploring all of that stuff. And so finally at around middle school, I flipped God off. I, yeah. I remember looking at my, my mom and my grandma and I said, F yeah. your God. Yeah. Yeah. I ha- hated him. Yeah. I'm done. Well, I do. Do you understand when you're looking at your life and everything that you're experiencing, there's so much hate and, and, and anger and bitterness yeah. and all these things. And you know, what's so funny is when you're saying this, not funny, but when you're saying this, I'm thinking about all the kids and the different people that I meet with and talk to you that grow up in these life yeah. situations. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, this is a quote, 50% of uh, students come from broken homes in California. Yeah. It's, and yeah. that was years ago. This yeah. was a statistic from like eight years ago. And yeah. it's a global thing so your life is very relatable to some of these students that are listening right now it's it's adults it's ridiculous how many broken homes there are and how how it breaks people down and then it it opens people up Mm -hmm. and god uses it in a a miraculous way um but yeah i i pushed him i pushed him completely out i casted him aside Mm -hmm. at around 11 11 years old is when i first got introduced to like drugs and alcohol got it that's pretty Uh, young yeah, it That's was a young age and pornography. That was yeah. that was a huge thing too, yep. uh, unfortunately. And so, um, I always, I've, I've witnessed alcohol my whole life, kind of, because yep. my dad drank it and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so, um, you know, that got introduced. We'd sneak booze and go out and party and all that stuff. And uh, the best way that I can describe it is, it starts there with a little tiny bit, but. Mm-hmm. It progresses um, and it gets out of control. And so I choose, I consciously make the choice, my own choice to live for myself. I remember thinking that, like, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. I don't care about this God. I don't care about anything. I'm going to do what makes me happy. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that feeling. I spiraled out, man. Mm -hmm. I spiraled out. Um, I hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I hurt a lot of people, women specifically. Mm-hmm. I would manipulate uh, to get what I wanted all throughout high school. And um, I would start getting heavily addicted to acid mm-hmm. pretty soon, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a, a mind bender, but it definitely takes you out of the reality. And through acid, God gives you, or Satan gives you these little, like you're, you're expanding your mind and you're getting insight on the universe and all those little nuggets that he, he chose to download. Well, I hated life so much. Yeah. And so I pumped myself full yeah. of substance because I wanted to escape reality. Yeah. Like I hated myself. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is crazy because I'm living for myself, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing everything that I want to do, but the things that I want to do aren't satisfying me. Mm-hmm. They're destroying me further and further mm-hmm. and affecting the people around me horrifically. Mm-hmm. So after high school, you know, high school was filled with <clears throat> a lot of pot, a lot of weed, mm-hmm. But a lot of drinking, more drinking. Yeah. Like I have so many stories where I should be dead because mm-hmm. I would just – I was the kid at the party that wanted to out-party mm-hmm. everybody else. I'm married now to my beautiful wife and she likes hearing these stories, she tells me, because she likes seeing God's redemption. Yeah. And so we'll be driving in town and I'll, I'll point out areas like, hey, I fell asleep on that road and I yeah. woke up in the middle of that road. Dang. Yeah. At like three in the morning, yeah. not dead, not ran over by yeah. a car. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. 
Like what? Yeah. Um, so that's that's my early life. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is after graduation, I get involved with, with some other people and I start getting into crime. And I start really? – Yeah, I start breaking into people's houses and, and stealing – a bunch of stuff. So what got you into that mindset? Cause I never got into the whole crime thing. I like the party and stuff, but was it like lack of money or was it just more for the excitement or just, the, you're just the excitement, excitement, right? Just, we're just kind of doing it. And you know, you're, you're under the influence of, of this fog and right. all these drugs. And you're just like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, let's do man, it, whatever. Let's do it. Yeah. And somebody came over to the party and, um, they, they were talking about, car hopping and how easy it is and they're like we got like a couple hundred bucks and i was just like really let's go do it (laughs) and so so we started breaking in and uh people's houses and it got to the point where like we're out there and i wanted some beer so we broke into this guy's house while they were home Mm -hmm. and we raided his fridge and took all of his beer and then just ran right Mm -hmm. like that's what how yeah. stupid can you be? Yeah. <laughs> but we got caught eventually because mm. we started stealing credit cards and stuff like that. Oh, right. That's what track. And so I, back to you. I got, I got uh, arrested and, you know, we were talking with some of the, the homeboys in the lobby earlier and, mm. you know, that was a wake up call for me too. Mm. Sitting in front of the judge for all of these crimes, for, for this life of selfishness that I've wanted to live. Mm. And, I've got like felonies stacked high mm-hmm. and I remember thinking right then and there, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't want to be here at all. So I ate it all. I, I, I shut up and just zipped my mouth, took what the judge gave me. Um, he had a lot of grace on me, a lot of mercy. How old were you at this time? Were you in high school? I was just graduated. Just graduated. So he knew this was old. the beginning of your life. Yeah. And so he, he took the felonies away, made them all misdemeanors, and gave me a bunch of community service and, and stuff to do. Got it. Right? So I was super lucky because I got a bunch of serious charges yeah. dropped, right? right? And I powered through it. And I remember thinking and ta- having that conversation with my friends like, hey, man, this is too much. We got to, we got to slow down. That's, that's too much. We don't want to be there. So instead of let's going out and being crazy and all that, why don't we just stay in the house and part? That was yeah. my logic. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. let's, let's keep it contained in this right. box yeah. and then we're all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How'd that pan out for you guys? <clears throat> well, for, I don't, I don't know where a lot of those guys are to this day. Yeah. Um, they, they abandoned me in the story and rightfully so, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we start partying and eventually I meet a girl at, at one of these parties that we are containing in our, mm-hmm. in our own vicinity, right? Dropping acid like crazy and uh, still drinking, drinking my gut and liver out. And this lady I meet, we, we kind of hook up and we enter into a relationship for uh, a while. We would, we would date for I think around three, a little over three years, almost four years. Mm-hmm. And she became a big part of my life in that season. And it was a dysfunctional relationship. Man. I can only imagine. It was, a, <laughs> it was so dysfunctional. I was a selfish pig and you got two selfish people yeah. that are trying to work it out. And you know, that, 
that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And then the drugs and the alcohol and the, it's just all dysfunction. Yeah, I can't I believe you know, I, look, I look back at those years of, of dating during these times. I'm like, those relationships were so disconnected and so dysfunctional. I know. It's just like I can't even believe and you it. Think they're serious. You you do. <laughs> you're like, you do. This is this is a real serious relationship and, and you're like you look back, you're like, that was just insanity. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, I, I remember so talking about my dad and growing up and all that, I never wanted to be like him. Right. Yeah. I never wanted to be like him. But this is how dysfunctional it was in in my alcoholism. Um I was woken up by her one night, this lady, this gal, and uh, I was still drunk in my sleep, and I picked her up by the throat, mm-hmm. and I and I threw her threw her across the room mm-hmm. in a drunken rage, mm-hmm. and I remember going, I go. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Yep. You know? And all of those substances that I would be feeling in my body, uh, they just eventually stopped working. And what happened is she left me for my for my best friend. Mm-hmm. And at that time I was just like, whatever, fine. I'll just go party and, and fill it up. But I was yeah. I was hurt, you of know. Of course you're numbing the pain with the alcohol. Right. And, and drugs. For my whole life that worked mm-hmm. and that's why I stayed in it so long is because mm-hmm. it was working right right yeah, yeah, yeah. this makes me feel good even though I am going to bed kind of alone and dark and yeah. but in the moment it makes me feel good it makes me feel better than not doing it mm-hmm. absolutely and we get to where it doesn't work and I remember drinking and it not working man and scared me so I just started doing more and mm. I remember coming home one day I still living with my mom. When you're when you're saying drinking, you're you're drinking, but it's not giving you the same effect. Yeah, yeah. So you're drinking more. And, yeah, chasing the dragon. Yeah, so yeah, to speak. exactly. Because yeah, you get you get almost you get like immune. <clears throat> yeah. to that. You drink like a six pack, and you're like, that, I'm not having what I want to feel. Yeah. So you have to start sucking down more, maybe adding hard alcohol or whatever to get that effect. And yep. It's not working, man. Yeah. And it scared me. Yep. I remember coming home throwing up blood. Oh shoot! It got gnarly. And my mom is just standing there and my little brother still lived at home, but he was out with friends. And I remember, you know, I was pathetic because I'm sitting there in a drunken rage going, where's my little brother? Is he home? Because I didn't want him to see it. Oh. I didn't want to see him to see how pathetic yeah. and mm-hmm. have that influence mm-hmm. on him. And I just remember my mom just sitting there just like, dude, mm-hmm. when are you going to wake up? Yeah. Yeah. The Christian mom. <clears throat> and so alcohol stopped working. And so my suicidal thoughts started entering in. Oh, yeah. Um, I've always struggled with it, with depression and all mm-hmm. that. But it, it amped up like hardcore. Mm-hmm. And the substances couldn't fix it. The women couldn't fix it. I'm trying to go hook up and, and go to the bars and the parties and all this stuff. And it's not working. And so finally I come to the conclusion that life is pointless. It's worthless. I have no purpose. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of existence? My job that I was maintaining was um, I was a med tech for 
um, like group homes and, and helper helper homes. So right. I was in charge of administrating all the narcotics and and stuff. It was hilarious, and I never stole any of them, yeah. which is hilarious, <laughs> unbelievable. <clears throat> I would I would go to the black market. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not messing with the legal <laughs> stuff. But I, I had that job for over five years, yeah. dude. That's awesome. And um, man, I I had a lot of downtime because mm-hmm. you just do AM, noon, and PM meds, and in between that. You're not really doing anything. And um, that I just sat with those thoughts for a week. That's the worst. Downtime with crazy thoughts of suicide, depression, and all those things. Yeah. And so it got to the point where it was like, okay, these thoughts are now going to develop into actions. So you're starting to think about ways to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think about a, a bunch of different ways. And what's interesting about that season in life was it was um, as I'm thinking through these, which one's going to be the best to do, I'm still thinking about mom. I'm still thinking about other people. I thought about blowing my head off with a shotgun, dude. Mm -hmm. I was totally willing to do it. But the only reason I didn't is like, "Ah, I can't let my mom see that or have Mm -hmm. to clean that mess up. Yep. Yep. All the different thoughts. I I had... um, I wanted to drive my car off a cliff and I was like, well, I'm still paying my payments. I can't, my mom's broke. She can't even afford the mortgage. I'm helping her with the mortgage. I'm going to hold on that thought because we're going to go to break. Okay. Because that's a good intro to the next section when we come back after two minutes. If you've been listening, tuning in with us, this is uh, Shane McCurry from uh, Water Springs, Idaho, telling his testimony. He's the youth pastor, and God used him to speak into youth. And now you know why. You can listen to this story. How relevant is the story with what's going on in the world globally? Um, if you want to get past shows, go to Ryan Reese Official on YouTube. Click. Go to the whosoevers.com. Uh, book us to contact us. Come out and do ministry. Check out my book, Kill the Noise. Uh, online, and we'll be back in two minutes right after the break. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Boom. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
Now, back, back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, we are back and I have Shane McCurry from Water Springs, Idaho Falls. It's, it's actually a, a rather large church that you guys have out there. You have a Christian school. Yeah. You've got all kinds of good stuff. And again, we got to speak at your conference a couple years uh, in a row, and now I got to speak at the church and at the high school. So it was awesome to be out there. If you're in the area, we are actually on the radio out there, and you might be hearing this show right now. Go check out that church. Yeah. It's awesome. Shane's the youth pastor. You got Ty, the main pastor. You got David, the assistant. I mean, there's, you got an amazing team of dudes over there that will, you know, come alongside you and get you, help get you on the right path and get you discipled. You got the skate barn too. And the skate barn. <laughs> skate park in a barn that I need to check out this time. Yeah. Now that it's built. It's built, man. Epicness. All right. Well, hey. So wait, back to the story. This is a very intense story. I did not know all these details about your life. But as we're going through all this stuff, this is so common. I've heard people, several people, bad relationships, dysfunctional home, anger, abuse, physical, uh, uh, physical, uh, verbal, um, drugs, alcohol, blacking out, going to jail, um, run-ins with the law. Uh, and then all this stuff serving me, I, 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 me, me, me. And what does that all lead to? Of course, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And this is so common with so many people. And now here you are. Right. You're like, do I blow my head off? Do I run my car off the cliff? What do I do? And you're thinking about your mom because she's this Christian mom that's always had your back and looked out yeah. for you. And you're like, I don't want her to find me like this. There's still debt on the car. I can't leave her with a debt. Yeah. You know, and there's all these things running through your mind. So what happens next? So I have this illustration that I want to bring out. It's it's your your heart, right? Imagine your heart in a puzzle piece. Okay. And it's all put together. But there's one piece missing. Yep. Right. And the living the selfish life, what, what you forget is that you, we are made in the image of God, whether you like that or not. Right. And so whether you believe in God or not, man, it's not my job to judge you. But you, God is real. He created us. He's our creator. We're made in his image. And the Bible says that there's eternity in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I am trying to fill this puzzle piece with with a bunch of crap that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. that's not where it belongs, mm -hmm. and so it ends with where we are now, yep. right? And so finally, I get to the conclusion. This of... This is why I want to jump in here, though, because mental health is a big word. Oh right? yeah, yeah. This this is exactly why we're having so much mental health all of a sudden. Yeah, because of what people are intaking in their bodies, their spirits, their eyeballs by watching this screen time yeah. and they're oh wow this generation is all about me 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 and i i how and can i work. how can i self-gratify myself and that's exactly what you're doing which led to suicidal thoughts so and suicide's at an all-time high all-time all-time high, all -time high. Yeah. you know no matter what community you're in man like there, there's different statistics for different communities but when you are searching for something on this planet to satisfy you and be your hope your source of hope mm -hmm. It won't work because everything here will let you down. Yep. And, and people will let you down. Relationships will let you down. Your job will let you down. Oh, Everyone will let man. you down except for the creator of the universe. I wish I understood that sooner because I came to the conclusion that the, the best way that I could go is killing myself mm -hmm. by hanging myself. Mm -hmm. So 
I plan it all out, right? And my mom is leaving with my little brother and some of her friends to go on a camping trip. I get off work. I go home. She's gone. Perfect. I checked the whole house. On my way home, I picked up a fifth. Just, you know, maybe it'll work one last time. Doesn't work. Um, I prep everything. And I, I get up on the chair, dude. And I look up to Evan for the first time. And I plea. Mm-hmm. I don't double dog dare God. Mm-hmm. I just, I look up and I said, God, if you're real, mm-hmm. I need you to save me. And I jumped and I went black. Really? And I woke up in my brother's arms. I don't know how long I was out. I don't really care. I didn't ask. Yeah. yeah. My neck freaking hurt, bro. Yeah. That's all I can tell you. And everybody's screaming, and of course. So God saves me. I don't give my life to him. No, still. No. Still don't. I'm in my pity party. I still want to die. All of this stuff. I'm put on suicide watch. Um, and so I get back to work shortly after that. And... I'm sitting at work, still miserable and wanting to die. Mm-hmm. I'm not eating. I have, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm all, I'm all messed up, stressed, <laughs> depressed. Yeah, you're not eating. I'm all messed up. Yeah, and I'm sitting there on the couch, and all of a sudden in my head, I hear, "Go to church." Hmm. And I'm like, "What the heck are you talking about?" <laughs> no, I'm not going to church. And and so I hear this haunt, like this annoying voice go to church go to church go to church finally i say fine it's wednesday where am i going to go to church church is sunday yeah <laughs> and it's at calvary chapel all right whatever so if if you're not familiar calvary chapels have a midweek uh, yeah. right i didn't know this uh, they have a midweek typically ours is on wednesday yeah. but i didn't know that so i get off work at about 6:40 and i drive to calvary chapel i know where it is and I pull up at like 6.50, 6.55. Our Wednesday night service starts at 7 p.m. Perfect. So I pull up to the parking lot and people are walking in. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Except I didn't say kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in. I sit in the back, right? And um, worship goes on. And I don't care. I don't give yeah. a rip. I'm like, yeah. what am I doing here? Right. I don't get any of this Jesus. So thing. are you talking back to that voice that, you know, that God voice or are you just like, I'm here. Like, I'm whatever. here. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Okay. So what happens next? So <laughs> the, the pastor comes up after worship. Was this Ty? No, a different pastor this was before. Rick? Yeah. This was pastor Rick. Rick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it was one of his last messages that he preached and, he gets up, and it wasn't even the message that saved me. Yeah. It wasn't even the message that got my at- yeah. attention. It was the stupid title of the message. What was the title? He gets up, the first time I'm in church in like 15 freaking years, <laughs> yeah. suicide and depression. No way. The timing is perfection. My chin drops. Right. I'm like, there's no odds. 
Yeah. There's no statistics that this is just random. My brain's flooding with like, how is this possible? Yep. Blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. Yep. What are the odds? No, there are no odds. And right at that moment, it, it's the best way to describe it is like the movies when you go to heaven and it's all white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that, but it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and I have this, this experience <laughs> with, with God yeah. where I, I'm not cognizant of anybody else in the room it's just you and him. it's just me yeah. and him yeah. i don't see him because no man has seen the father yep. but i heard him yeah. audibly because yeah. i was too stupid to open my bible right, right? or get a bible yeah. at that matter and he said three things to me that changed my life forever hmm. tell me he said i i love you yep i died for you you're mine you work for me now dang and you want to know what my prayer of repentance was? What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. My life was changed right then. Well, I, I think about I think about the um, the uh, the guy that was hanging on the cross, the the thief or the <laughs> criminal that was on the cross. You know, he he his prayer his prayer of repentance. He just he just believed. Yeah. In Christ, he didn't he didn't say the sinner's prayer. Yeah. He didn't get baptized. He didn't speak in tongues. None of these things that a lot of people think you have to do to be saved. His your heart his heart. He believed in Christ and he went to heaven. He was with Jesus in paradise. Yes. And here you are. And you said, what was it again? You said, okay. 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 I get it. And that was it. And it's crazy because God, I, I knew it was the, like, after I learned, I knew it was God, the father. Yeah. You had an encounter with God. Right. And so what's crazy. Just like that thief had an encounter with God. He, God said, I died for you. And that's when it clicked. Yep. Oh, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And he died on the cross. And he, he, that this is what the cross was. This life that I'm living, it's not working. That's why he died. And that's where the belief came in. And that's when I understood it. Boom. And and the gospel made sense and I accepted it. That's so awesome. I go out. I I don't even know the, the, the message, right? I'm a changed (laughs) man. I'm saved. (laughs) And. The booze go. I, I, I'm done with it. I clean cut and clean, cold turkey everything. Um, I go to work the next day and I get fired. <laughs> <laughs> this job that I've had for five years randomly. And so I'm sitting. I'm called into the office and the same voice that told me go to church. Yeah. I'm sitting in the office and they're telling me all these things. And I don't even remember half of it. Yeah. But I remember the, it's the Holy Spirit saying, yeah. he, he, he said specifically, don't fight it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And so they, when, when they were done talking, they said, what do you got to say? I said, nothing. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And I walked out <sighs> and I'm in my car crying because I'm having like this midlife crisis yeah. right? yeah. or early life crisis or yeah. whatever. And um, I, I don't know anything about God. I was just saved the day before. And so I looked up and I said, God, the only thing I know is that you love me and that you died. Yeah. That you died for me. Yeah. And you're working for him now. Yeah, that's all that's all I know. So I go to the next available church service, right? And I get there early and there's this slide on the, the early slides or whatever, right? Yeah. And it said being. That's all it said, being. And then register or whatever. And I was like, I need to go to that. Yeah. Because I don't even know who I am. Like, <laughs> I gotta go to that. I need to understand my being, right? Yeah. So I signed up for that, and then the the other slide that was playing was janitor hiring. 
And I said, you got to be kidding me, except I didn't say kidding. <laughs> so I applied for I applied for that janitor position, man. And, you know, church applications, they're all churchy. And, yeah, like, and you're like, what is this? this is the hardest test I've ever done? Yeah, dude. I, wrote, I don't know on all of them. I don't know. <laughs> and then on the description on the, the box, right, yeah. at the long bottle, I just I told them what, what happened. Uh-huh. I was just like, look, I don't I don't know anything, but I know that God loves me and he died for me. And, <laughs> and that's here it. To st- and I wrote, They're like, hired. <laughs> it was, I was three. We- it was three weeks interviews. Uh-huh. It was. Dude, I got brought in front of like all the elders and all that stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. And you don't and know I'm, anything. I I'm love this it. punk rocker that loves metal uh, and, uh, you know, tattoos and all yeah. that stuff around all these churchies and all that uh, stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But they eventually hire me and I start working at a janitor uh, position, a custodian position. I go to these being classes and they're leadership classes. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, of course. And so I start learning all of these things about God, and I have this hunger, this sensation that God is so sick. He's gnarly. Yeah. And I start learning, wow, God's not lame, man. Yeah. He's he's lo- He loves us. He has grace for us, but he's hardcore. He's bi- yeah. He means yeah. business, and yeah. he wants your life to change, yeah. and he wants other people to hear about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I start diving in, and, and a couple years later, what God— uh, God redeems all of this nonsense in my life. I quit cold turkey, you know, and there's a process. There's a uh, there's, pruning process. There's always a, a transformation. Okay, just for the listeners, there's a transformation process, but the transformation process happens. I like what you said. He's like, God loves you, but he means business. Like, yeah. and you said he wants to transform you. Right. Well, there's a transforming transformation process think about all the things that you used to do that you like to do because they make you feel good for like a little bit of time yeah well but it's actually hurting you as you know what those things are yeah when god starts taking those things out of your life they're for the good but they hurt and it's a hardcore transformation process because you're accustomed they're bad habits and bad habits are hard to stop yes and when god starts changing those bad habits it's brutal. But on the other side, when you stop bad habits, you know, that's a great thing. The redemption was crazy. And by the grace of God in that season of my life, he chopped that branch off quick. Yeah. So he literally took me out of darkness and into light like that. Right. But there was stuff that I had to work on myself. Like, so all of the outside problems, like the drugs, the alcohol, the yeah. people, that all vanished really quick. Right. But the internal stuff... That's, that's the hardest that's though. The hard part, right? <laughs> so he's working all of this stuff out. But one of the things is like that I that I've been blessed with is that because of my experience with God, I have this radical relationship with him where I just take his word as truth. I'm like, there's a bunch of stuff we didn't talk about today, dude. Any sin that you guys are thinking about or problem in life, yeah. I've probably done it. Yeah, me too. I've, yeah. <laughs> We've probably done it. Um, so that, that's good. That means that God can change you. Exactly. We're, we're relatable in that. And so now, since I've tasted all of the world that, that had to offer, I don't want no more of it. Yeah. Right? So I finally find Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, and I just take his word at it. And what I would do is I'd just apply it. I would just, oh, if the Bible says this, that's what I need to do. If this is what this means, this is what I need to do. And that's how the the pruning and the process began. And um, they would tap me on the shoulder a couple years later. I think it was like one or two years later and 
hey, dude, you want to be the youth pastor? But it started out with sweeping hallways and just yeah. loving, loving on kids, loving on people, right? And there's there. We don't have enough time to tell tell all the cool parts of the transformation, like crying in a closet, thinking that I have to stop listening to metal music, and then God showing me like the coolest metal music yeah. ever. That's yeah. Christian, yeah. right? Yeah. And yep. like working in all of that. And uh, that, I want to jump into that too because there's I, I in my book I wrote a chapter called Identity Crisis because a lot of people have identity crisis yeah. when they come to Christ. All of a sudden they think that they have to be this stereotype Christian, and whatever that is to. I mean, as I've traveled the globe, going to different churches in different countries in different states, I mean, Christianity looks different just by states, yeah, yeah. by cities. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, you know, or even countries. I mean, I've been in a church in Columbia and it was like a rock and roll church. It was like a metal church. It was like all these metal guys got saved. The pastor's a metal head. <laughs> the, the worship is not metal, but it's like, you know, all these metal guys that look like they're, they have metal bands, but they're doing worship on, on during the Sunday. <laughs> so like, and then you could go into a whole nother church in the South or something, a super conservative church where they're wearing suit and ties and they have a tambourine and an organ. Yeah. Like it changes. So don't get. Like whatever your thought of Jesus is should like read the Bible, see who he is yeah. for the person he is. Yes. And, and God is, is he, is he doesn't want to put you in a box and there's not a certain look or certain way to be a Christian. Biblical Christianity is living for Christ and having a relationship with him and let, let him transform you into the image of who he is. He's a Jesus freak, man. Jesus said that he came to be to give life mm-hmm. and life more abundantly, yes, dude. Exactly. Like, and that's what I try to tell anyone that I uh, minister to. It's just like dude, I've had so many more crazy stories now as a Christian. Oh yeah, traveling the globe, yeah. dude, building yeah. houses in third world countries, yeah. going up into the narco hills of Colombia yeah. with the with the drug lords up there, mm-hmm. and dude, being in the middle of Mexico when the cartel comes into mm-hmm. <laughs> town, mm-hmm. and we're just ministering Jesus during all of this mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. You know, you've been you've been to many it's more radical. places. It's radical. You know, it's easy. Think about this. It's easy to go get drunk. It's easy to go get high. It's easy to go fight. It's easy to go watch porn. It's easy to cheat on your wife. It's easy to go sleep with a girl and have to get an abortion. That's easy to do. Yeah. It's hardcore to actually stand for something. Yeah. And when you stand for something and you're doing what God's called us to do to love people, you put yourself in crazy situations. It's hardcore to go out and be with the narcos or you do ministry and all of a sudden the the cartel shows up. Like you, when you're not walking with God, you hear something like that happens. You got to go get drunk because you don't even have to deal with it. Yeah. But when you have the power of God and you're like, okay, God, how are you going to use me in this situation? And that's exciting. That's radical. And it's hardcore because you're loving those people. Yeah. Dude, it is so crazy how fulfilling God's way is. Mm -hmm. Because when you get out of the stupid selfish box yeah. where, where everything revolves around me mm-hmm. and the more you enter into the, the God box, which means minister to others, I, I, I used to say that this is incomparable to any drug. Yeah. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I am so much higher on Jesus yeah. or whatever than yeah. I've ever been on on any other drug. And 
the crazy thing is it connects you. It fixes those dysfunctional relationships mm-hmm. that you were in and it brings life where there was death, light where there is darkness. And, and we are the salt and the, the, the light of the earth, man. And I love the whosoever's movement. I love the name. I got my, I'm rocking my whosoever's hat, you know, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it's, it's, it's available for everybody. If God can save idiots like me, mm-hmm. Emmy, <laughs> yeah, all of us, right? Who think of think of what stubborn he can do. mules that don't listen to anything, and then God can get a hold of your life. It's it's insane, man. And, and so, for whoever's listening, if you haven't made that that choice, yeah, to follow God, maybe these stories, uh, maybe this podcast or other podcasts that you've listened to with Ryan, all of that stuff. Uh, your your you have your bread cr- your breadcrumb trail, yep, man. Maybe today's the day that you're like, I'm going to give my life to God because the fact is that God does love you and he proved that by dying on the cross for you and then raising from the dead, proving that it works. Mm-hmm. There ain't no other person who's got an empty tomb, man. How do they do that? People that are listening right now, they're like, Shane, I want to give my life to Christ. What do I do? Here's how you do it, man. You surrender. Mm-hmm. You what yield. does that look like? How it looks like is different for everybody. You know, we were talking earlier. Some people say the the sinner's prayer. Some people do it with other people. Some people just say okay. But the the the, the most important part before we say a prayer together mm. is that you understand that it's in your heart, man. Yeah. You have it, to change your heart. It, the The Bible says, if if you seek me with your whole heart, all of your heart, yep, your being, your soul, right? Mm. The, the what makes you you. If you seek the Lord out with your whole heart, you will find Him. You, you will find him. And so it, it starts in the surrender of the heart to say, God, I acknowledge that you are creator. Mm-hmm. I believe the Bible says, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead mm-hmm. by faith and confess it with your mouth, you are saved. And Just so like it that. starts with believing that you are so valuable to God that he would pay for all of your mistakes, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. And he would make the way for you. And all you got to do is you got to acknowledge him. You got to say, Jesus, I agree with that. I love that. And then you got to flip a Yui. Exactly. And that's what repenting is. Repentance. And that means changing your direction. It doesn't mean being perfect. No. The the Bible does not say be perfect. It does does not say that you got to do these certain things. It just means you change your mind. It means your attitude towards sin. So like, like in our testimonies, we stopped doing all of the fornication, immorality, all the cussing, all of the, the substances because it's wrong. We stopped treating people inappropriately because it's wrong. It's not how God wants us to live. And so as we're reading God's word and getting to know him, we want a relationship with him and we want to follow him. Mm -hmm. And that's my biggest, like, that's my biggest thing I could tell you guys is following God is what the Bible talks about. Not being good, following Mm -hmm. God. And if you would like to follow God today, we're going to pray right now, man. All right. Yeah. Well, here, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and lead you guys in a prayer. Just in your heart, just say, God, I acknowledge you. You died on the cross. You raised from the dead. You live. Thank you for forgiveness. And I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. And I'm going to put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Get a Bible. 
Read the Bible. It's on the Bible app. Um, look it up. Holy Bible. Yeah. It's right on your smartphone. You can even type in the whosoever's or my name, Ryan Reese, and uh, seven-day devotions pop up on the Bible app. They're all there for you to, to uh, get plugged into the Word of God, read the Bible, start in the Gospel of John in the New Testament, yeah. and then read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then continue through the uh, New Testament, then flip on back around and start in the beginning of the uh, Old Testament. God loves you. Um, go ahead and... Um, you know, if you go to my YouTube channel, Ryan Reese official, I actually have teaching through the gospel of John. So there's actually Amen. Bible studies that I will take you verse by verse through the book of John on my website. And then you could also uh, subscribe and watch all the past radio shows as well. There's enough there to get you going and yeah. on fire for God. Shane, thank you for being on the radio show. Thanks for having and me. And if man. you're out here in Idaho... In uh, Idaho Falls, check out Water Springs Church. Their senior pastor, like I said, is Ty. Uh, he's the, Shane's the youth pastor. You got the other pastor, David, uh, as well, David Cole. And um, it's important to follow Jesus. Just follow him. He'll show you every step of the way, and he'll start cleaning you up. Us as Christians, we are under construction. <laughs> yeah. Till the day we die. die. And guess what? God's going to finish the work he started. Yeah. He's not going to leave you um, with half construction. He's going to continue to get the work done all the way till our last breath. And we're always construction. And remember, the church, it's a hospital. We go there because yeah. we get beat up in the world outside of the church. we got to go back. We hear the word of God. We get patched up. We get cleaned up. We get stitched up. And we go back out to the war. Because life is a war. Because there's many temptations. There's many things that Satan likes to put it out in yeah. front of us these little uh shiny objects that he wants to get us hooked up with to get us off course but god has a plan for you he loves you to death he loves you to the death of the cross he wants to forgive you he wants to empower you with the holy spirit and he wants to transform your life so you will be a new creation in christ i love yeah. you guys thank you for tuning in and we will be with you next saturday peace this has been the ryan reese show to connect and find out more about ryan Click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app, or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.